Hello, and welcome to Cardio Conversations, a podcast from Sightline's MedTech Insight, where we talk to leaders in cardiovascular technology. I'm editor Reed Miller, and in this episode, I talk to Dr. Christopher Pirakowski. He's the chief medical officer at Abbott's electrophysiology business. We talked about his company's electrophysiology mapping and ablation technology and where he sees the field going in the future. So let's get right to it. So you've just been with the company three years now, but I don't think we've met before. So maybe you can explain the background that led you to join Abbott and kind of what attracted you to the job and and then maybe reflect on what's impressed you so far. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Reid. So I'm a clinical electrophysiologist by background. For the last 20 uh, 20 years, I've been working in clinical practice over in Europe. was heading a university department in electrophysiology. So my clinical and scientific specialty is really in, in the field of complex arrhythmias, treatment of patients with complex arrhythmias. And that is a space that was heavily driven by technology, by technological development, and that has transformed patient care over the last 20 to 30 years significantly. And when when Abbott asked me to, to join the role, that was really an opportunity for me. I saw the ability to help building future medical technology. That was a driving factor for me. And in, in the end, it gives a sense uh, and what you're doing, you, you help many patients and not, not the, the one only that you have on your table. And um, so far, the experience has been outstanding. I, I met great teams of, of bright engineers, dedicated people, clinical affairs, commercial teams. I, I'm enjoying it. Okay, so one of the things that I think you wanted to mention was that in the last couple of years, Abbott has been particularly involved in EP mapping and they have the Insight system. So maybe just talk a little bit about how that fits into what you do and what makes that so special and unique for Abbott. So the NSIDX system um, is, is really the foundation of our future, I would say. Um, with the system, we are building the most accurate, most user-friendly and most flexible tracking technology in the field of electrophysiology. And that is the foundation for, for clinical and business leadership in, in that space. All our tools in terms of catheters will be designed uh, for this platform, the, the TactiFlex catheter that, that we are currently rolling out, but also our PFA technology. All They will all operate uh, based on that platform. And as you can imagine, to, to build such a platform, that's not a single time release. That's a journey. And, and we are following through with that journey with annual cadence of, of software releases. And so far, I must say, the accomplishment of that philosophy has been great. With NSIDX, we improved the accuracy of our technology by in- introducing magnetic tracking, magnetic device tracking. And this is like a super accurate GPS system for catheters in the heart. And when you think about electrophysiology, it's almost a surgical procedure. Electrophysiologists are like surgeons. They need to treat... Uh, single spots in, in the, in the heart muscle, but they also need to avoid complications. And accuracy is the most important successor determined that makes this procedure successful for the patient, successful and, and safe for the patient. And there we have gone a long way, but we have also not forgotten our roots of impedance-based tracking that was in, built in our system in the past, which has a strong determinant in simplicity of flexibility. So NSIDX basically combines these two philosophies and combines a super accurate magnetic system and a flexible impedance track system. And that's the only system in the world that can do it. And we already see today how physicians use that for their workflows. When you think about EPs who want to work without fluoroscopy, 
microscopy is something significantly unfavorable. So they use impedance-based catheter tracking to bring the devices up into the heart, and then they switch into the magnetic tracking mode in order to find the origin of the arrhythmia with high precision and treat it successfully. And, and that is what makes NSIDEX. When you're talking to customers about Abbott TP, what makes the overall offering unique? Maybe, maybe it is just the mapping system, but when you talk to customers who could be working with a number of EP companies, why do they especially want to work with Abbott? I think the best explanation is the fact that EP is a very broad specialty. Mm -hmm. So patients do not come to the doctor with a stamp on their forehead saying, I need a PVI for AF. But the patients come to the doctor because they have palpitations, they have lightheadedness. And the root cause for these symptoms can be a variety of different arrhythmias. And our portfolio gives physicians, products, and opportunities to treat this entire broad spectrum of the clinical field. Just, just to give you an, an idea by numbers, in the United States, on a very high level, we, we talk about roughly 400,000 ablation procedures per year. That number is not so much different in, in Europe. In all these procedures, physicians with a conservative assessment need two to three catheters for, for different purposes. Uh, for different use cases, they need access material. They need they need um, patches for the tracking technology, and our strength is that we have a strong portfolio for these for these various parts and and aspects of the procedure. We had in the past leading products in that field, talking about the agilis sheets, talking about um, the HD grid mapping catheter, and we continue to have strong products um, for this broad spectrum. And Tactiflex is probably. Um, the, the, the brightest star and, and the most recognized catheter that we're introducing into the market. But the, the strengths is the, the width of the product portfolio, the quality of the catheters, and also the scalability and, and security of supply that we guarantee. Uh, when you, when you, when you talk about 400 procedures, two to three catheters, this is over a million catheters that are utilized every year. And we take a significant part of it. And just to bring these products to our physician customers with, with high quality, guarantee supply and strong innovation that, that makes us strong in habit and that, that's our, explanation why they should continue to go with us in the future. And, and kind of a follow-up question to that, given that some of these things we're talking about are, are progressive and you said like the people don't show up saying like, oh, I just need a PVI. What can Abbott do to kind of uh, address some of these patients maybe earlier in the progression? I was particularly thinking of you know something like AF um, where you know it gets worse. So you have a very expansive view of of treating people. So what are some of the things particularly in EP that you can do to maybe get these people on the right track and uh, a little earlier to stop the, the progression and hospitalization and all these bad outcomes. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of our philosophy in, the, in that field is education and not only education of the, of the clinical field. That's that's a strong component, uh, educating the EP, educating the EP lab stuff. But we want to start earlier. We are probably the largest uh, training program for EP fellows in the in the United States. So we we engage with the physician early in their clinical career. We educate them on latest development in, in clinical science and clinical knowledge and products. That opens the channels for the patients. But we even go before that. We are currently in the process of finalizing launch for a patient app. Mm 
So that, that is an app where patient can actually track his symptoms. He gets um, education on, on atrial fibrillation. He gets education on, on, on treatment possibilities, on signs and symptoms that, that he, he has to watch out for. And also our AFAQT, which is like an industry standard to measure symptoms of atrial fibrillation, will be embedded in that patient app. And that's like a, a customer product. What are the big priorities that kind of occupy most of your time every single day, other than just keeping things on track? So there's a whole bunch of, of R&D objectives and, and, and development projects that even earlier in an R&D perspective. Mm-hmm. I cannot talk about all of them for, for clarity reasons, but the one thing that I want to highlight again is, is Tactiflex. We have, and, and that's like a primary goal, to roll that catheter out successfully globally. Um, we have started in outer US in the second half of the last year. We see the pull from the market. We see the request. We see the, the, the switching of the accounts. And one of our main goals is to make that catheter accessible in the United States to, to physicians as well. We are in advanced discussions and review process with the FDA. And we hope that we will, that we will be able to supply that catheter within, within the year. What, what this catheter represents, it represents the latest stage of our development on flexible tip RF uh, design. And it's something which we have inherited for a while. But what we have accomplished now is to bring in uh, contact force measurement into this flexible tip. And you can imagine that that is not a trivial thing because the tip, as I said, is soft and flexible, but the catheter has directionality of contact force. So the physicians actually do not know only how much they are pressing at the, at the wall, but also where they are pressing. And the flexible tip allows for more stability. The lesion formation gets faster. And this is our access point into high power uh, uh, short duration ablation. And what we've seen in the IDE trial is that procedure durations compared to solid tip catheters go down by 40 to 50 minutes. That's a big impact. One physician feedback here in the US during the IDE trial was this catheter is like Christmas in, in July. And for, for us, that's that's a main objective to bring that into the hands of the physicians, not only from the regulatory pathway, but also from from the supply chain. You have to imagine we have to we have to uh, produce that on a on a scalable level. We are not talking about five thousand catheters; we're talking about ten thousands of catheters. So that's the main objective. The other main objective that we all have on the top of our lists is PFA technology. I'm sure I will talk about this this in a minute. We have another rollout of uh, of, a, of our annual software releases uh, on, on the development path of Ensite X, and and these are and and as I said, some some more confidential uh, catheter development projects, but which, which are also linked to to Ensite X from a system perspective. You can tell us whatever you can about how Abbott's going to advance into PFA. Abbott has been working with this type of energy uh, for. Many years. I think we started in 2006. We we had publications in 2018. So we've been actively uh, looking, engaging, exploring that space, and that gives us a broad width of knowledge on what this energy source can do, but also where are the challenges and maybe also risks and unmet needs that that uh, need to be addressed. And with, we have a conservative um, uh, nature, and, and with that, we 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 did not behave like a startup company and and going out and making much noise. But we have been diligently developing, and and again, when when we build a product, it needs to be a product 
that cannot be used by 10 highly skilled physicians around the globe, but it needs to be something that every EP in the world can use with the same safety risk profile and with the same efficacy outcome. That, that was our design mm -hmm. input standardization and, and quality. And we, for the past years, since I joined Abbott, I've seen this about one third of our entire R&D spend has been going into PFA. We had multiple pro, uh, programs running on, 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 on this energy source and we have pivoted to the, what we consider the most likely uh, successful, most successful product um, that, that we will bring to the market. And with that, we are a little bit slower compared to some startup companies and, and mm -hmm. also uh, what, what competitors are talking about. But we are very confident that our solution will address gaps and challenges seen in first generation devices, that it will be discriminative differentiating that with this technology we will truly help PFA to penetrate the market. Again, coming yeah. to the numbers, in Europe last year, 400,000 ablation procedures, 10,000 PFA. That's about the ratio that is there. Okay. And, and we are convinced that with the first generation devices that are out there, that number will only slowly grow. There, there will mm -hmm. be no, no flip. We think that our technology will make a difference. And what I can reveal so far, I still have, we have still mm -hmm. some constraints and, and confidentiality, but what I can reveal so far, number one, this device will be accurately tracked in our NZX system. We will make sure that energy is delivered effectively with a, with a, with a, with a guaranteed lesion uh, formation outcome for, for the physician, that it will be very precise. It will be very easy to use and, and manipulate for, for the spot broad spectrum of, of physicians. And in the end, it will be a procedure that will be fast, that will be simple, and that will that will help to treat more patients and allow more access of patients uh, to to this kind of AF ablation. When you talk about how it hasn't really taken storm in Europe yet, you said I think ten thousand out of four hundred thousand. So, sort of, what are the things that it needs to be able to do to make it easier to use, or what what would make it easier to adopt for EPs compared to the, how it's going so far? Yeah, I think the things that, that need to be talked about are the first thing, the lesions. The lesions that are being created, are these lesions durable? Do they recover? That's um, a big determinant. And also under which conditions are these lesions uh, durable and, and when do they recover? Um, topics in, in that space are questions on catheter to tissue contact, uh, localization uh, of the catheter at the target zones, but also think about very simple things like skeletal muscle recruitment. If the patient um, moves a lot during, during energy application, that dislodges the catheter, that impacts the quality of the lesion, it impacts procedure duration, it impacts outcome. So these, these are design factors that, that need to be discussed and that need to be addressed. In addition to, to the things you've already mentioned so far, are there any other developments or either new technologies or trials that you're working on that you can talk about now that we should be paying attention to? I would like to highlight it yeah. because it makes us a little proud is the outcome of, of the LESVT trial. The LESVT trial is the, the regulatory approval trial for our flexible tip ablation catheter, the FlexSE, for patients with ventricular tachycardia in the United States. Ventricular tachycardia currently is a smaller number uh, of, of patients in the EP space. But if you ask me, I would say 
that's one of the big waves that is that is waiting behind the horizon because that is an arrhythmia that occurs very frequently in patients with structural heart disease, especially in patients who have a defibrillator implanted. Mm -hmm. When you when you think about the population of patients who receive a defibrillator, a defibrillator today, in five to ten years, these patients over disease progression will, will run into a scenario where they have ventricular tachycardia. These are life-threatening arrhythmias, uh, defibrillator shocks, and they are today difficult to treat and the patient numbers increase over time. And with the LSVT trial, we are probably conducting the largest trial for, for any ablation technology in the field of ventricular tachycardia ablation in humankind. Mm -hmm. And this trial has two arms. It's one arm is for patients with ischemic cardiomyopathy. So when the coronary arteries are the problem and, and the other arm is for non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. So these are patients who have inflammation or genetic diseases in, in, in the, in the heart muscle. And we have completed this non-ischemic arm. The enrollment has been completed. The follow-up has been completed. And end of last year, we have received FDA approval. And again, that's the first time ever that in the United States, an ablation catheter has received FDA approval to treat heart rhythm abnormalities, ventricular tachycardias in patients with non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. No other product has approval on the market. And as a, as a side information, it's also the first time that a catheter has received approval for epicardial ablation. Because in, in these patients, um, the, the myocardium is so thick or the origin of the arrhythmia may not be on the inside, but on the outside of the heart. So very frequently, these, these physicians who are treating this need to go epicardially and, and ablate from the outside. And again, until now, no other, no other device has received FDA approval. And therefore, this, this study really makes us proud. Is there anything else you need to do with that? I mean, what's kind of the next step to uh, advancing that? Yeah, so the next step is obviously taking that that further with the next generation catheters. That that approval was with a Flex SE. That's like the the, mm. the catheter that came for Tactiflex. Now Tactiflex is the further evolution. We built contact force. We expect beneficial effects also for these uh, for these patients. And in the next months and years, we are trying to to expand the indication for for the Tactiflex device, obviously. And we are also uh, completing the study in for the patient with ischemic cardiomyopathy. Well, that's a lot going on. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight, either recent accomplishments or or something that we should be looking forward to. I know there's a couple of pretty big conferences coming up. What I would say, have a look how we are revealing the design of our PFA technology. That is something we uh, continuously okay. will do uh, throughout this year. We are going into the GLP study. Um, we'll see when we, we are ready for the first human. We have a big, uh, we have a, a strong pace on that on, on HRS conference. We will start to reveal more details on the design of our PFA technology. Also on preclinical data, we have two abstracts accepted at HRS on that topic. So that's, that's a watch out, I would say. There's a lot of advancements in this field going on and, and we're glad to catch up. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Reed. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Cardio Conversations. I plan to begin publishing this podcast more often going forward, so look for it in the first week of every month at medtechinsight.com. There you can also find the archive of Cardio Conversations and all the podcasts from Medtech Insight by following the pull-down menu at the top of our homepage. There you can also check out podcasts from some of our sister publications that cover other parts of the healthcare business and regulation, such as Script, Pink Sheet, and Vivo, HBW, Generics, Bolton, etc., and all of our podcasts are available on the most popular podcast platforms, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Thanks, and have a great March.